Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as sensational as a Breckelow Vekos double nutmeg, fantasy advice as shocking as Schalke scoring five times in a single game and pundits as smooth as a Paco Alcacer dummy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Sorrogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Episode 5 and joining me as ever is the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo. Flo, we thought match day four's fixed we're going to be tough on fantasy players and I think it's fair to say that we were right yeah a lot of unpredictable things happened on the last match day and it wasn't really a great fantasy match day scoring wise but I think we we pulled through all right yeah that's it I mean I my overall ranking actually improved last week so I can't be too disappointed with what happened even though I didn't feel great about the points haul that I came away with I wish I'd maybe had a little more involvement on those Sunday fixtures but those were tough to predict as you mentioned shout out of the week though does go to someone who got the prediction correct and that's Gladiator 11 they top scored with 147 points after showing great bravery in drafting in Kenny Harit and Bergstahler last weekend nerves of steel on Sunday and that should set him up well for the Friday night game as well which we'll come to later but before we do that let's end part one with some listener questions they came in on last minute notice so I do appreciate everyone that got to write in and sorry if it all happened a bit too quickly for those of you that couldn't but at Beer Deutsches asks Flo now that Europe has started what players need to be possibly dropped due to the fact that they may be rested yeah, I think that's a tough question since this is the first match day of Europe and we haven't seen the lineups of the teams playing Wednesday on Thursday. What we have seen was Leipzig and Dortmund. I personally expect maybe Julian Brandt to replace Torgan Hazard again. Uh, Hazard did get the start against Barcelona. I, I think that could change. And Klostermann was benched at Lissabon for Mukiele. I think I expect Klostermann to be back at Bremen and the starting 11. And with the other teams, it's, it's really uh, tough to figure out. I think the attacking player are more susceptible to being rotated out than defensive players, especially centre-backs and holding midfielders. They usually not get as many rests during the season due to rotation as the attacking player gets. But yeah, we will hit on it later, but there are some messy situations in midfield, especially Munich, where it's, it's really hard to figure it out. Maybe the lineup this evening gives us a clue. So whoever starts as winger this evening, I think one of these two guys definitely will uh, be rotated against Cologne. So, But I think it's not nothing concrete, Bier Deutsche said, I can give you we'll we'll have to observe what's happened and maybe after the first match day we can draw some conclusion that helps us on the next match days after uh, European uh, competitions yeah that's it I mean it's the first match day in the Champions League in the Europa League we don't have a lot of information to work with we're going to be gathering it as we go along I mean it's also worth noting that managers or head coaches are going to be less inclined to rotate too heavily especially at the early stage of the season when they are trying to generate a rhythm but I'm sure there will be a few problems that arise and a few minefields to navigate when it comes to rotation risks but I think that will happen more prevalently as the season goes on and I don't think there's anyone I'm too concerned about just yet that I feel like needs to be dropped from my lineup at least that's the players that I have in my squad at 
Echter underscore AT Lieber asks, how much do the midweek continental competitions weigh into our transfers decisions flow? A bit. So I've talked already. I hinted about the Bayern midfield. I would love to get a winger right that's facing Cologne uh, on Saturday. But I don't think I, I have the guts to, to do it because that's probably the hardest to predict out of Perisic, Coman, Nabri and even Davis who's going to start. So um, that's definitely something. And I, if Frankfurt would have had a good matchup, I think you could have hit the same problems with Paciencia, uh, Silva and Dost. But since they're playing Dortmund, I'm not going there anyway. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it absolutely factors into our transfer decisions. But as we say right now, I think, I mean, I, I, I can speak for my squad at least. I've set it up in a way that I feel like I've got a couple of untouchables, especially right now. It'll be later on in the season, you know, more towards Christmas when the likes of Sancho will be regularly or not regularly rotated, but more susceptible to being rotated out right now. I think that's not going to happen at this early stage of the season. Someone like Lewandowski is the same, but there are a couple of players out there. We will be talking about them as this show progresses. So let's quickly move on yeah, to I the next question. Oh, yeah, James, anything to add? Yeah, the second part of the question, and start sit for that matter, uh, is, is the question. So maybe at echte AT Liebe, I mean, the, the question hints at that he or she doesn't really change uh, during match day. So just one important in, uh, tip for you, Zach, you can actually change your lineup during the match day. And if you want to know how that works uh, in the rules sections uh, of the game, or you can listen to our uh, Fantasy 101 and Fantasy, what did we call it, 201 or 102? <laughs> 101.2 or something like that. It was something yeah. along those lines, yeah. So we, we have that to, to explain that. That's really important. And you can always bring in players who didn't start already so because uh, starts it and I know that from American football uh, fantasy so uh, I wanted I think that hints at like an understanding that uh, if the first uh, match is the kickoff has been taken that basically your lineup is locked but that's not the case in Bundesliga fantasy and sorry for all the old hands who are now yawning because uh, they, <laughs> they know that for years. But uh, I think if uh, that's right. it's, listeners send it's a in good a reminder. question, we, uh, uh, I just wanted to make sure that he knows uh, how to do substitutions during the match day. No, it's, it's a worthy reminder to put out there, especially as you say. I, I'm just wondering whether the ATL in the the Twitter handle suggests he's in Atlanta and maybe yeah. time-wise it's maybe not as easy to make substitutions during the match date. That could also be a factor. But ah, okay, either yeah. either way, hey, look, we're, you know, either way, it's a good reminder to put out there, as I say. But let's move on then to the next question. And that's from at John Howick. He says, who should my top three midfielders be? He says, Harvats has let me down and Sancho is the only reliable performer every week, maybe with Sabitzer chipping in. Where are you at on this flow? Because midfielders have been a tricky prospect and probably the most volatile of all positions so far this season. Yeah, although I think the double up on Royce and Sancho has worked quite nicely uh, so far. I think you're not not going wrong there. Sabitzer of Leipzig also really strong season and I like him especially this weekend. That would be my three top picks actually. 
And if I have to throw in a third, it's Sprecolo uh, of Wolfsburg because he's in great shape and Wolfsburg has decent matchups coming up. And he's also the cheapest option, I think, who is really a prime option in fantasy. Yeah, no, I, I I can't really disagree with that. If I was to throw another name in, I mean, I know I was, he was my banker choice last weekend and didn't perform that well, but I would look at someone like Philip Kostic because what is it i'm looking at the fixtures and i i mean i do it after the dortmund game i wouldn't do it this weekend but after the dortmund game they've still got four standalone fixtures either side of that international break and he is proving a player that can pick up big points even if frankfurt aren't performing at their best yeah I, but i think once he starts drumming up a understanding with dost and silver i think he could flourish big time costage yeah i agree right okay so let's move on then to the next question it's from at cool yo two foots if i've got that right he says are there any other strikers out there that can dethrone alcasa werner and Lewandowski? yeah fantasy wise i think it's obvious that wout Weghorst is uh, a really great option at wolfsburg and i think alessane player is getting his mojo back so uh, he's he's really an interesting pivot he's a bit cheaper but he's uh, definitely the lead striker at um, Mönchengladbach so far. His role is really secure and he's he's playing uh, as a central forward again. So I think he's an interesting option. And the third one I want to uh, throw in is actually actually uh, Kevin Folland because he should be in a high-scoring team. And I think we haven't seen the best of him so far he has been decent in fantasy if you discount the last game we just got one point but being annihilated uh, from Dortmund doesn't really help uh, in a fantasy sense but uh, I think this would be the three options uh, I would look at and of course uh, Milod Rashica is, is coming back but that's not someone I would look at in the short term because they're playing Leipzig and he is coming back from injury. So I'm not expecting him to either start or if he starts to play more than 60 minutes. Yeah, that's it. I think in a fantasy sense, the only other name I was potentially going to mention was Niklas Fulkrug, actually, because I think he's showing that he can score big like we remember him doing for Hanover. The problem is you've mentioned that they got Leipzig, but after that they got Dortmund. So for the next two games, I really would steer clear of Bremen. But I think yeah. come the end of the... And then at Frankfurt. So they oh, yeah. they're spot playing on. now Leipzig and then two away ga games in a row is brutal. Yeah, actually you're spot on about that. Yeah, throw Frankfurt in the mix as well. It's not easy. So, But I do do think come the end of the season someone like Niklas Fulkrug will very much be in the mix with the top strikers in Bundesliga fantasy I think he yeah he's showing that he can he can do the business again which is very exciting okay next question at Hafid FW asks for the best option from Leipzig and Leverkusen flow Leipzig will be Werner and then Sabitzer for me and maybe Halstenberg but they're playing with a four man back more often and that's like that shows in Hudsonberg's fantasy performances. He's better if he's in more in an attacking role uh, with a three-man backline. So he's not because he's so expensive. Wouldn't actually look at him at the moment, but he can always pop up for huge, huge thirty-plus games. We've seen that from from him. And Leverkusen is Kevin Folland. Uh, I like very much. And then the problem is, I would love Bellarabi. 
I'm just not 100% sure that he'll be in the starting lineup. And that's always a bad thing if you're not sure if your player you want to bring in is actually playing. Kai Havertz should be able to bounce back against Union Berlin, but he has shown that he's not indispensable in a fantasy sense anymore. No defensive option really uh, has taken my eyes so far on Leverkusen. No, I would, I, you know what, I'd agree on all fronts, on both fronts with Leipzig and Leverkusen. I had Vendel in my side at the start of the season. That was an experiment that was very short-lived and I probably wanted it actually to be more short-lived than it was. But I think really with Leverkusen, it's the attacking assets. And yeah, I mean, Leipzig, it's very, it's very much the same. They're both two talented sides, but Flo has picked out all the big names there. So I can't disagree or add any more. So I will move on to the next question. And that is from at Ignatius Brian one. Uh, he's got a three part question, Flo. He says Kostic or Gnabry or both to be transferred out. And he asks for recommended replacements. We've offered a few midfielders already, but with Kostic and Gnabry, would you be looking to shift either of them this weekend? If I had Gnabry in my squad, it would probably be really hard to move him because we know if he's in the starting lineup against Cologne he could definitely be the high scoring midfielder uh, of the weekend that's definitely possible I, I would just feel very very bad if I would chip him out and then he pops up for a big game with Kostic he can have a good game against Dortmund but the matchup isn't the greatest although one thing has to be said, and that's this Dortmund had a really great game against Barcelona. And maybe that is, uh, they are a bit too self-confident uh, if they are traveling to Frankfurt. So both players wouldn't be a priority for me. Kostic would be my first choice to sell and then Nabri. But the risk with Nabri not playing is real. But also I think the possible gain if you have Nabri uh, is greater. Yeah, no, I I mean, Kostic, I'd say I mentioned the fact that he was a midfielder I'd look at, and that is because of his fixtures. And if you don't have to prioritise getting rid of him and can maybe stomach fielding him, him against Dortmund, I wouldn't say it's the worst idea. It depends where you need the funds, what the rest of your squad looks like as to whether you're comfortable doing that. Because if you can hold on to him, then he does have a good run of fixtures after that. So that's what the only thing I'd add to what Flo said there, Brian. Your next part of the question is to Flo, any buy-in options worth the money except Lewandowski or Kimmich? Only if they play and there's where the problem starts. So uh, it's a no for me. I wouldn't bring in any other options yeah. apart from these two. I I agree. The only other option I would have thrown out there was Alaba and now he's been injured. <laughs> so yeah. And I mean, we're recording on Wednesday. If, for instance, tomorrow two wingers get injured and it's only Coman and Napri left standing, then it's a whole different <laughs> matter. And I would love to sign one of these two guys. Yeah, it can all change on a dime at any time. Last part of his question, is Paco Alcacer a must-have with his form? I would actually say no, because last match day, when they had a great game against Leverkusen, Alcacer did pick up 10 points, and that's with, with scoring a goal. So, so I think he, if he doesn't score, you're in trouble. Uh, thing is... He always scored this season so far. But if that stops, I think you're looking at the striker you want to get out of your lineup. So I think maybe a guy like Wout Weghorst, who does pick up points even if he doesn't score a goal, will be more consistent. So if Alcázar's goal flood is drying up, 
then he isn't a good fantasy option. We've seen that last year or, or not a, a premium uh, fantasy option. So I don't think that he's a must-have. They could definitely have uh, problems playing at Frankfurt. So if you don't have him, it's not a you don't have to bring him in for this week. Yeah, you know what? I would I was actually really interested to hear your thoughts there because the transfers that I want to make this weekend in midfield, there are two of them, require funds from elsewhere. And if I'm honest, I'm looking at Pakarakasa because I went through that exact same thought process and just thought, you know what, if he scores, then it's great and he scores big. But if they, if you have this element of risk, I was wondering if I could find someone who was a little bit cheaper that would not have as much of an element of risk as Pakarakasa to fund my midfield moves. So there you go, Brian. I'm talking from my experience. He is potentially on the chopping block for me this weekend. I have not made my decision yet. And it will also depend on the Friday night lineup most likely as well but we'll talk about that in the next part. That is part two. So what we're going to be taking a quick break. There'll be a quick interlude and we'll be right back with a look at the fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball. Time for a rundown of the upcoming fixtures from match day five, starting with that Friday night game, Schalke against Mainz. Now, Schalke have won their last two games by an eight to one aggregate. Mainz have the most porous backline in the Bundesliga, so it may seem like a bit of a foregone conclusion, but I don't think we can ever say that with Schalke flow. But what I did want to say is, in a fancy sense, is this maybe the time to finally back Schalke if players haven't already? Yeah, I think so for for this week. Problem is they're playing Leipzig next week, so that's definitely something you want to keep in mind before you load up too much. Because as good as Schalke has been looking the last two match days, I don't think they are really able to hang with Leipzig next week. Yeah, that's it. I think, I mean, we praise Gladiator 11 for bringing in the Schalke trio at the start of the show. Good move. And he can follow through with that again this week. But that will potentially mean that he has to get rid of all three and use all three transfers when they come up against Leipzig. But one player may not hurt you here. And there are certainly a few candidates that are worth considering, aren't there, Flo? Yeah, definitely. I, I think in all parts of uh, the pitch, they're really good assets of Schalke. And I think the matchup is good, although... Most Perot's backline in, in the Bundesliga. I mean that they got six at Munich. So yeah, <laughs> that's not like really it's not not everyone has played at Munich uh, so far. So I think apart from the Munich game, they never conceded more than three if I remember correctly. So it's it's not great but it's not like like everyone is giving them five and all stuff yeah I mean I have to say the player I'm really hoping I do see in the starting lineup and it's a bit of a long shot but it's Ahmed Kutuchu because I'd love to see him get a start after impressing off the bench against Paderborn I mean Bergstahl is putting in the hard graft but Maybe it's a chance for Kutuchu to get a start against Mainz at home. Although the problem is Wagner came out, I think it was yesterday, and was full of praise for Bergstahler, which just makes me more concerned that that may actually not come off. That would certainly make my transfer decisions on, on the weekend a little bit easier. But when it comes to Mainz players, it, it, I mean, are we telling people to steer clear this weekend? Or is there someone you think that could spring an upset? I would stay clear. 
I mean, it could happen, but I don't want to invest in it, actually. No, I would agree with that. Okay, shall we move on to the Saturday 3.30 kickoffs then, starting with Bayern against Köln. Now, Gnabry has scored four in his three league games against Köln, but as we've talked about, there is this rotation risk potential. Flo, who would you pick from this game if you had to? I mean, we hinted to it. Lewandowski is a lock and I think Joshua Kimmich. I was skeptical with him playing as a holding midfielder. I think my thought process was that he would have had less chances to give passes to shots. But that doesn't really matter if you take every set piece there is for Munich and that way just accumulating points and points and points. I think in a, in a game where Munich doesn't get a lot of corners and free kicks, Kimmich could really disappoint, but I, I don't see that happening this week, so he's my pick. No, I'd agree with that. I think he is probably the, the lock if it's not Lewandowski. Freiburg against Augsburg then. Freiburg have made the best ever start to a Bundesliga season. And we've also got the return this week of Vincenzo Grifo. He's got 20 goals in 55 appearances for Freiburg. And the good thing about this from a fantasy perspective is that in 28 meetings, there's never been a goalless draw between these two. So Flo, who are you backing? Yeah, you mentioned his name is Vincenzo Grifo. Although I will watch the press I was Christian Streich very closely because I mean it's an interesting problem for Streich because uh, Freiburg had the best performance of the season uh, last weekend uh, at Hoffenheim when Grifo wasn't eligible to play so is he changing things up now to bring Grifo in the lineup I think he will but uh, he really has to explain that to the, the player he will be benching after a really good performance yeah, an interesting predicament indeed. Okay, Hertha against Paderborn. Both sides still without a win in the Bundesliga. It is worth noting that Zelka has scored in both of his previous Bundesliga meetings with Paderborn. Who did he score them for, Flo? Yeah, of course, Werder Bremen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh, uh, 4-0. Uh, against Paderborn. Go. So he's in, you, saw, you saw the magic and, in uh, the flesh. Junuzovic free kick from like 30 yards out. Yeah, that was one of the goals of the season. Top left corner. So look that up. Was a great goal. Yeah, I, that was arguably... I think I think I actually, in that season, picked that as my goal of the season personally. But head against Paderborn. Who are you picking from this game? If you, if you had to, I know it's under duress with a game yeah. like this. Well, I would have loved to be that game, the Friday evening game, uh, actually, because... There are a lot of Hertha players I would be interested in if I knew that they play. It's like Mittelstädt or Plattenhardt, that's the question. Both would be interesting in a fantasy sense, but I can't choose between these two if I don't know who's playing. Zelke would be interesting for me if I knew that he'll keep his starting job. He started for the first time last week at Mainz, but missed a few good chances, so I'm not sure if, if he starts again or if Ibizovic is back. And the list goes on and on. Like if Dilrosun were to start one of these days, he's also a guy I always have in the back of my mind. But like it is, the only player I would feel very comfortable with would be Andre Duda, uh, 12.1 million. That's quite pricey, but I think he's a differential pick. So definitely can pop up for a big game and Maybe you're asking why not Grujic. Grujic is also interesting, but he's just like one million cheaper than Duda. And then I would always pick the player who has more attacking chops just because of the position he plays. Although Grujic can score. We've seen that time and time again. I just think the likely 
Aduda would be more likely to score or to give an assist. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that as much as as Gruich has got well, t- t- two goals to his name already this season. No, just just the one, I think. But yeah, no, he has proven he can score in the Bundesliga. But you're right, Duda's also got set pieces in his locker and things like that as well. So yeah, I, I, I would agree with Duda on this one, though there is a name that I will mention later. Leverkusen against Union then, final final game of the 3.30 kickoffs, only four this weekend. Leverkusen's nine-game unbeaten run came to an end against Dortmund. Meanwhile, on Union's side Sebastian Anderson has scored in each of his last three games Flo how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I think it's a great bounce back spot for Leverkusen uh, I saw Union over 90 minutes for the first time this season last weekend and I mean it was just a slugfest that wasn't that wasn't real football but I think that's the way they intend to play and that's working best if they're playing on the home ground where all is really narrow and the crowd is right next to the pitch. And I can't see them putting up a great fight at Leverkusen. I just think they will be overwhelmed at one point uh, during the game. And so from all of Leverkusen's attacking options, who who would you pick? It's Folland. I actually would prefer Folland over Alcacer this weekend. Just this weekend <laughs> always with the proviso but no I yeah I, I actually agree with that absolutely Saturday's evening game then involves your boys Bremen against Leipzig now some bad news recently how are you taking news of Yuya Asako being out for what looks to be an extended period yeah I'm really uh, I'm lost for words actually what's what's happening there and today the news and they're just saying it's a serious injury which leads me to believe it's at least one and a half months or six weeks at best and i think it's probably be more it could be that the hin ronde is over for Osako. and that's so anno- annoying is the wrong word but it's like he was in the best shape of his life and yeah, adds to the list of injuries i think we're to 11 but i'm, I'm not sure i can count that far I think, no, uh, 11 sounds about right because didn't they put out a lineup tweet last weekend of all the injured players and they were just missing a goalkeeper? Yeah. So I know Osako's not a goalkeeper, but that takes it to 11. Uh, although it's two players uh, come back, uh, so I think we sh- we're down to nine then, so that's decent. Because Rashid says <laughs> back. Decent nine injuries and you're happy. Rashid says back, and I mean, I was I was screaming in the office on Tuesday when they tweeted, uh, like Bremen tweeted out a video and they were saying, you spot the player who, who's on the pitch with his comrades. And yeah, it was Philip Barkfried walking out uh, on the training ground with the rest of the squad. So I'm, I'm a big Barkfried fan. I'm so happy for him that uh, he's back and he actually might have to play on, on Saturday. <laughs> after being out for like five months and three days of practice. But what do you do? I mean, um, Schein is suspended and uh, Maximilian Eggestein is injured. So the hopes are that he could play, then he would replace Schein on the number six. But if Maximilian Eggestein can't play, it's basically it's Bachfried or or you have to put Klaassen there or someone else. I, I don't know. So that's it's really tough times. And I mean, the good thing is, actually, I think it's a good thing that now Leipzig is coming because you could lose to Leipzig even if you have all your players available. And I think it would be much worse if you were now meeting up a club like Schalke or someone who's like on eye level with 
with your team and Bremen is just not in a position to play competitive football the way uh, it is right now. It's, I think you have to say that harsh with Osako also being out. Uh, I can't see Bremen getting anything out of this game. Yes, I, well, I mean, it's very hard to see them getting anything positive in terms of a result against Leipzig. And that's even with Leipzig having midweek football under their belt and all of that type of stuff as well. So, I, I mean, I'm sorry to have to ask you that question and get that answer from you. But it's interesting to hear that. I mean, I, I just wonder, I, I agree with you to some extent about this being a good time to face Leipzig. I also think that if you somehow get a very demoralizing drubbing, that that could also be quite bad. But... I guess that all depends on what the result is on Saturday. So let's talk about Leipzig, though, because they are unbeaten at the top of the table. Timo Werner's in sensational form. Uh, he scored two goals last night against Benfica. Are there any conclusions we can draw from the last couple of games that would help us in a fantasy sense? Not really. I think it will be a whole different ball game at Bremen than against Bayern. So I would basically discount the stats. Timo Werner is awesome at the moment. He'll probably have a field day at Bremen and uh, Sabitza, maybe uh, Sabitza as well. So I think these two players are the, the options I would look at, actually. But I just think it's it's a unique situation for Bremen. I mean, last week at Union, at the end, Claudio Pizarro played as a holding midfielder. So he came on to play uh, next to Shahin on the double six, like we call it uh, in German. And that shows you how the, the personal situation is. Maybe he plays as a holding midfielder against Leipzig. Who knows? Wouldn't that be something as in the starting starting holding midfield role? Uh, <laughs> that, that would be a, a strange end to a historical career. That would definitely be that. Okay, should we move on? Because I can hear I can hear how painful it is for you to talk about this <laughs> in your voice. So we'll move on to the Sunday games. We've got three games left to get through anyway. Starting with Gladbach against Fortuna Dusseldorf. Now Gladbach have won eight of their last nine Bundesliga home games against Dusseldorf. The other being a draw. Now you've mentioned him already in the show, but I did want to talk about Alisson player because I wanted to ask whether he's played his way into contention especially when you consider that Gladbach's next three fixtures are Fortuna Dusseldorf and then a trip to Hoffenheim and then another home game against Augsburg yeah definitely I hinted at it before uh, I think he's also a great differential pivot and with a good stretch of games I think he's he's actually a really an intriguing option especially because uh, his price tag is okay for a striker with 13.1. So you get a, a discount of uh, like 2 million from Alcasa and even more from other guys. Yeah, that's it. And then on Fortuna's side, um, Zach Steffen, I think, has blown all expectations out of the water. 26 saves made already this season, which is 10 more than the next best, which is Oliver Bauman of Hoffenheim. Now, is he uh, is he the type of goalkeeper that would actually be able to kind of wangle his way into consideration if you if you didn't have him in your squad already? Yeah, he would be, but I personally probably won't do any goalkeeper transfers uh, until the unlimited transfer period after match day seven. So I would like hold my breath until then. But then I probably will bring in Stefan with another guy to pair him up with. But it seems like he's the Michael Esser of this season, uh, just in a team where he gets a lot of shots of goal in not really dangerous positions so he can have a lot of saves. Uh, I think that's basically the secret to his success. 
Yeah, that's it. The Esser of the season, but he is a little more expensive than Esser uh, ever was. Okay, Sunday fixture number two is Frankfurt against Dortmund. Now, Paciencia has been involved in the goal every 72 minutes, but as Flo mentioned, he is one of those rotation risks. Dortmund, meanwhile, haven't lost to Frankfurt in six in all competitions. How are we feeling? We talked about Kostic, we've talked about Paciencia a little bit, but how are we feeling about Frankfurt on the whole in a fantasy sense and, and what their prospects are in this season? I think Kostic and Da Costa both have got good options. And unless I don't get a clear picture of what the situation up front is, I'll, I'll just stay clear of that. So it's basically a two-man show for me. Okay. I know that some guys like Hinteregger, but I'm not banking on the center back like getting goals after set pieces it's it's not just not what i'm doing no it's no it's not reliable enough as a as a source of points i would agree with that i mean i do like him potentially on like a single game basis every once in a while when you are confident about a clean sheet and maybe you you know there's a team that's prone to conceding a lot of free kicks in and around the area but on the whole bigger picture hinteregger isn't really near the top of my shopping list at all now when it comes to this game, how how would you recommend handling Dortmund assets? Neutral. Uh, I don't think it's a great matchup, but I don't think it's nothing to really be afraid of as well, especially Frankfurt is playing against Arsenal on Thursday. That's a big game for Frankfurt. They're, they're not in the condition like last year so far. No wonder, I mean, Jovic, Alea, Rebic... They basically rip the heart out of the Frankfurt attack and it takes time to uh, regrow that. I think it can happen and that we're talking like a month from now about how great this Frankfurt team is looking. But at the moment, I think they're uh, a work in progress. You know what, I think that's a fair... A fair assessment and it would have been great if we could have seen a few more players emerge you know Dost has shown signs that he could potentially get there but I, I would agree their, their frontline situation is a bit of a risky one to get involved in let's talk about another risky situation to get involved in or maybe it's not that risky because you weren't so against the proposition of it last week but Wolfsburg against Hoffenheim is the Monday night game the one that closes out the match day and of course our question is always who would you trust now a lot of people may have been bringing in Wolfsburg players last Friday night ahead of the Dusseldorf game. How would you handle that going into this Monday game, flow? Yeah, I think Roussillon, Brekalo, Vechost. Uh, nothing changed there for me. So they're still trustworthy enough, even as a risky one on a Monday night? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one game has to be the last game of the match day every week. And uh, I've seen, I think we've seen worse uh, fixtures to close out the match day in a fantasy sense than Wolfsburg against Hoffenheim. I just think Hoffenheim is not very good this season. I actually think they're very bad uh, at the moment. So uh, I have uh, Wolfsburg down as uh, quite comfortable favourites in this one. Yep, no, I would agree with that. And uh, I, I'm not too worried. I've got four Wolfsburg players with Per Van in my side as well. But I'm not really worried about any any four of them going into this Monday night fixture. The one player I need to get rid of is Dennis Geiger. But that'll be one of my two midfielder transfers once I get round to making those. Okay, shall we round out today's show then with some player picks, starting with the Vegas choice as ever. Flo, who have you got down? It's Karim Bellarabi. I said it before, if he plays, he could be a weapon for your fantasy team against Union at home likes to take a lot of shots that's great he's midfielder in the game 
I'm just not 100% convinced that he plays. I would put the odds at about 80% of that. I'm not sure if I can swallow that pill of uncertainty with Bellarabi, but it's definitely someone who can pay, pay off big if you actually have the guts to do it. Yeah, that's it. There's no doubt it's a gamble. It's a great Vegas choice for all of the reasons that makes a, a good Vegas choice. And But he could he could be huge. My Vegas choice is Marvin Plattenhardt. That was someone that was mentioned earlier on in the show. I actually looked into it. He's 8.9 million as a defender, but he had a hand in seven shots on goal against Mainz. Of course, he is a set piece taker and, and that certainly helps his credibility. And right now it does look like he is ahead of Mittelstädt in the pecking order. And I would like to think, I would like to hope that it'll stay that way and Hertha actually have uh, a pretty decent run of fixtures I know that they've been struggling at the start of the season but the next three are Paderborn and then Köln away from home which is a standalone fixture and then Dusseldorf at home which is the Friday night game and that's the match day on the cusp of the international break so that is a time that you could potentially get rid if things haven't gone well but those three fixtures are actually very very attractive so uh, Marvin Plattenhart is out there for me Super Schnepchen then flow uh, i think it's tough to find value this week because most of the cheap guys have horrible matchups yep and i mean that's a bit bit of a problem and that's why i put down marius wolf 7.6 million midfielder also had a uh, berlin i think it's quite safe that he plays he can he, like he's a good fantasy player we know that uh, he wins a lot of challenges and also gets involved in the attacking play. Uh, I think you could do worse. And like all guys who are cheaper and are playing have far worse matchups uh, than Marvel's Wolves have. So uh, he's he's my super schnäppchen. And uh, I actually like the way you, you argumented uh, with Plattenhardt. You argued with Plattenhardt that they have three great fixtures and then it's the international break and you have unlimited transfer. So I don't think it's a bad idea to uh, invest in Hata. No, I, I completely agree. And Marius Wolf is a very good pick. And yes, you've been a bit cheeky with the Super Schnepchen, but then so have I, and I've actually got a more expensive player. And it also comes with the proviso because I looked at the fixtures and they are horrific. Uh, you know, Shaheen suspended, Kamada's a rotation risk and is going up against Dortmund. And I mean, you've got the likes of Andre who's up against Leverkusen. It's just not a good situation. So I've I've put down ah- uh, Ahmed Katuchu, 7.9 million. It is on the proviso that he's in the starting lineup for Schalke against Mainz uh, on Friday night. So a bit of a tricky one when it comes to Super Schnäppchen this week. But how about the banker flow? This is normally a bit easier. Yeah, it hurts me to say, but it's Timo Werner for me. So I just think Bremen has put up with a lot uh, so far this season. But this Osako injury, I mean, that has to hit the squad very hard and the coach as well. So I think at the moment they're thinking that what's happening that that has to be like a nightmare and uh, i believe that that leipzig can yeah take advantage of that and that Werner is a beneficiary up front and score a few goals yeah and i mean it's a standalone fixture as well so it gives you a bit of flexibility this weekend i like the pick as much as it's uh, hard for you to say out loud i'm going with someone else and i have to say i'm picking this banker more out of like whimful hopefulness and that's kai harvet 16.3 million he's one of the premium midfield options but i think for a lot of people he's probably in the last chance saloon when it comes to his attacking returns i mean he scored 17 points on match day one against paderborn and i think in the three games since he's only racked up a total of 12 Not 
not ideal, but this game against Union, I am backing him to turn it all around and show us the Kai Havertz that scored 17 goals last season. It is worth noting, I did look into this actually, he only scored one goal in the first eight match days last season as well, and he still went on to be the highest scoring fantasy player. So I, I haven't quite stopped backing this horse yet, and it may prove my downfall in the next two games, but with Union and Augsburg, I'm going to go with Kai Havertz this week. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about selling him last week, but I kept him in my squad just because of the next two match days. And so um, I hope that pays off now. Exactly. And I've probably, I've probably just jinxed it by picking him as my banker, but we're gonna, we were willing to take that risk, or at least I was. But right, that does bring us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Surrogate Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.